those who can do, those who cannot do it on the internet. FancyPantsGangsters.com Welcome to the voice behind the show about actors who are heard but not seen. And if you've listened to the last few episodes, you may have noticed a, a, a fairly masculine run. But this week, we're, we're switching it up. We're talking to a lady. So everyone, you know, stand up straight and, and, and be polite. Because this week, we have got Miss Elizabeth Maxwell. How's it going, madam? <laughs> well, my designation of lady may be uh, questionable. <laughs> but I am doing fantastic. <laughs> You're more ladylike than me, so that counts. I've just been known to be a frequent belcher in the booth, so I don't know if that gets me automatically disqualified from ladyhood status. That seems to, that seems to be a voice actor thing. I've noticed <laughs> voice actors seem to be very gassy people, in my experience. Uh, I I think I mean I like to just have fun with the concept, but I think the reality of it is we suck in so much air. In order to be able to talk for long periods of time without stopping, that the belching is kind of a uh, unfortunate side effect. I, well, fortunate, unfortunate. It's, 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 <laughs> we'll leave it to the individual opinion there. Now, I'm very excited to talk to you because you are a rarity. And as far as I can tell, uh, a uniqueness on this show, you are the first anime person that has not done Naruto. Really? It's it seems it seems like everyone and their mother has been on Naruto at some point. Granted there has been roughly 4000 episodes of that. So it's not wow. hard. It's not hard, but yeah, you you're the first that I can remember at least. I think that's probably due to my relative new relatively new status within the industry. <laughs> um, I've only been going at voice acting for about 4 years. So I think I kind of unfortunately missed the uh, Naruto wave. But I have been in One Piece and Fairy Tale, and both of those shows, if you've ever worked at Funimation, you have likely voiced a character on both of those shows. <laughs> there, there, there are janitors that have shown up on Fairy Tale at some point, I'm sure. That is really true. You have no idea how true that is. <laughs> now, now you, you're based in Austin. Are you from Austin? Not originally. I've lived here for about five years, but... Um, I was born and raised in New Orleans, actually, oh. Louisiana, um, but spent most of my formative years in California. Okay, okay. And, and you've been acting in not, not just voice acting, but all sorts of acting for quite a while, though. Yes, that's true. I knew since I was five years old that I wanted to be an actress, although I never really considered, honestly, uh, voice acting for some reason. Um, it was always film and TV. And... Uh, you know, kind of chipped away at it when I was younger, just doing community stuff and uh, ended up getting my theater degree from Chapman University, which is in uh, Southern California, and then um, immediately moved to Los Angeles and pursued it for about five years there before I moved to Austin. So so L.A. was where you discovered voice acting, and where you started voice acting, or, or did you move to Austin and then start voice acting? Yeah, no, surprisingly, L.A. was not where I discovered voice acting. I uh, I picked it up about um, six or eight months into living in Austin. Um, so so I if 
nothing else. Uh, I, I credit this move with opening up an entirely new realm in my life. <laughs> well, I think, you know, and again, we've talked to a, a fair amount of Funimation people over the years of the show. And I, I think they actually check for actors at the border of Austin <laughs> because they seem to hire everyone. Anyone that can act, the Funimation will, will grab um, and not, well, not, not to say that you weren't qualified, but I'm just saying that they, they, they hire a lot of people. Well, yeah, I mean, they have, um, I mean, this has only become more so with, with, with the years as they've grown as a company and they've acquired more properties, but, um, you know, kind of the interesting thing about Funimation, um, particularly with the rising popularity of broadcast dubs is that it's becoming increasingly more difficult for them to use out-of-state voice actors because the uh, the the demands on the actors time-wise with being able to hit the deadlines for the broadcast dubs kind of demand that the actor be, a, be available at a moment's notice and be available very regularly. So it used to be that they could fly in LA actors and just two or three days, you know, two or three long days with, you know, seven or eight hours of dubbing and have them knock it out in one trip. And um, that is uh, pretty much become next to impossible unless the actor wants to be flying in and out of Dallas, you know, every week or every other week. Mm -hmm. So they have become ever more ravenous for local talent. <laughs> what is the shortest notice you've gotten on a job, be it for Funimation or anything? Um, it wasn't exactly a job, but, um, it was for Funimation. I got the call to come audition for Attack on Titan, which was my very first audition with Funimation and my very first anime that I ever dubbed. I got the call around 11 a.m. and they said that they'd like to read me for it. Could I be there by the end of the day? Which for them is, you know, 5, 6 p.m., and bear in mind that this is a four-hour drive for me from Austin to Dallas. Um, and I was actually working another job at the time. And I basically just said, hey, you guys don't really need me, right? Okay, awesome. Peace out. And uh, uh, pretty much hopped immediately in my car and drove straight there and made it with like an hour to spare, I think. <laughs> How did you get involved then in, in Funimation? You said you, did, you didn't go there to, to do anime or, or to do voice acting. What, what was that? How, how did you get involved in this? Well, um, I have a number of friends in the voiceover industry, mostly in the realm of gaming, um, who work on, you know, the, 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 the technical side, the creation side, you know, they're programmers and creative directors and so forth. And, Everybody, all of my friends group kind of knew that I was moving to a smaller market. I was looking to potentially pick up more work to, you know, supplement lost income. And I had a lot of people who were familiar with the industry and who I respected their opinions just kind of tell me enough times, you have a good voice, you should try voice acting. And at a certain point, you hear that enough, you're just kind of like, well, why? I mean, why haven't I tried this? And I'm I'm actually a big nerd. I, I grew up watching anime and playing, you know, JRPGs and, uh, you know, all sorts of games. And so it just kind of seemed like a natural progression that if I was going to try my hand at voice acting, that I would immediately go into the kind of character-based realms of animation, anime dubbing, and gaming. 
And um, so I made myself a demo reel and found myself a contact email at Funimation and politely started sending them my demo reel over and over and over again until they finally called me in. Do, do you remember how many times you sent it? Um, I have not actually, I, I could go back and look through my email, but I want to say that it was probably about four or five times. Okay, it took about eight. Yeah. I, I, I emailed them about every other month and I always tried to make sure that I had something else to include in the email. Like, Hey, I just booked this role on this video game. Also, here's my demo reel again. I'd really love to read for you guys if the opportunity ever arises. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it took about eight months for them to call me in for my first audition. Okay. And and that was, was that for Emir or was that for something else? It was for Attack on Titan. Okay. I wasn't specifically reading for Emir, but it was for that show. Gotcha. Attack on Titan is, I think, maybe the newest, like the, the, the newest huge show that Funimation does, at least in terms of non-anime fans. Like, you know, even if you don't know anime, you've probably heard of Attack on Titan. Did you, right. were, were you aware of that when you were auditioning for it or, or ahead of time or anything like that? Funny enough, I wasn't, and I am so glad in retrospect that I wasn't, um, because I actually uh, called a friend of mine on the drive up to Dallas on the way to that audition and said, hey, um, I'm I'm going in last minute to audition for this anime. I know nothing about it. I don't even know if it's like a comedy or a drama, though, you know, you can guess things from the title, but you never know. I was like, can you give me a little bit of a rundown? And. And, you know, he was like, what, what is it? And I said, attack on Titan. He was like, what, what, what characters are you reading for? And I was like, well, um, I believe this character named Mikasa. And he was like, wait, what? And he started to freak out. And I immediately was just like, you know what? This is a bad idea. Tell me nothing. I'm getting (laughs) off the phone. Don't psych me out. Don't psych me out, man. Um, so I knew nothing. And like I said, I'm so glad that I, I did not know anything because, I was already nervous enough to be auditioning for them for the first time. And I think if I had had any idea how big the show was, I I, I don't even want to imagine (laughs) what my internal state would have been. I am willing to bet though, since, since you, you claim to be a nerd and I I have yet to see anything that, that disputes that, but I'm willing, (laughs) I'm willing, I'm willing to bet that you had heard of ghost in the shell beforehand. Oh yeah. Ghost in the shell was the very, the the movie, the original movie is the very first anime that I ever saw, Uh uh, which my brother showed me at way too young of an age. Honestly, (laughs) I was like 11. I'm I'm reasonably (laughs) certain that no one sees anime for the first time at the right age. Everyone is always way too young for whatever they're watching. That's probably pretty true. <laughs> and, and, and I don't think that's a bad thing. I think I think it's just one of those kind of rites of passage. But everyone I've talked to, their first anime is inevitably something that they should probably not be watching at whatever age they were. Right. <laughs> uh, but I'm, I'm assuming you were a fan, though, of, of Ghost oh, in the Shell. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. So when the new movie came out, because you, you took over as uh, as the main person, Kusanagi, mm-hmm. what was that like? Where you're, you're, how is how did that compare? Where you're going into an audition with Attack on Titan, where you knew that there was something up with it, but you weren't exactly sure because of your friend, versus going into Ghost in the Shell, which you probably knew quite a bit about. 
You know, it's interesting because in some ways um, it was both, it, it was actually an easier audition um, because I just really didn't think there was any way that I was going to get it. <laughs> you know, I was just, I was just flattered that I had been asked because I was, I was personally recommended to um, Zach Bolton, the director, uh, because they were looking for a pretty specific thing. They wanted a voice actress that could realistically sound like a younger version of Mary Elizabeth McGlynn, who I happen to have a you know similar uh, vocal qualities to. You may not be able to hear it right now because of my allergies, but um, in the best of times. Um, but they also wanted someone who uh, did not have a lot of credits in the VO world because they didn't want her voice to be recognizable. They didn't want people to hear the new Modico's voice and be like, oh, yeah, I know that actress from this other anime or this other character. They wanted it to be kind of a fresh, like a blank slate, a fresh fresh start. Um, so I did not realize this. Um, I, 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 at the time, thought I was going up against, you know, some of the, you know, anime greats like, you know, Colleen Clinkenbeard and, you know, Monica Rial and so forth. And so I was really flattered and nervous when I first got the invitation to audition, but I was not actually that nervous during the audition because I thought it was just kind of a foregone conclusion that I was not going to get it. <laughs> so that's, you know, <laughs> we, we constantly hear about needing confidence to succeed in, in whatever you're doing, especially if it's a performancey kind of thing. And yet, I mean, you're not the first person to have a story like that where you're convinced you're not going to get it mm -hmm. and you end up getting it. And that, to me, that sounds backwards. It, so, it sounds like it's like a weird reverse confidence in a way. Well, I, I totally see what you're saying, but I also was taught by a mentor of mine the concept of booking the room, not the job. And so that's where I come from a lot of times with my auditions is whether or not I think that I'm right for the role or I think that there is a large chance that I'm going to get it. I always do my very, very best because you're not just auditioning for the role. You're auditioning in a grander sense for the director. You know, you may not be right for that role, but you still want to impress the director so that he wants to work with you again on some other project or in in the world of anime they don't audition every single character in a series they'll usually only audition maybe about half a dozen of the female and half a dozen of the male characters so you may read for a role that you don't think you're going to get but it is in essence it's kind of an audition for the entire series they may cast you as smaller supporting characters based on your audition for the lead role and it wasn't so much that I wasn't confident that I didn't think that I was going to do the best job I was capable of doing. I think it was more kind of that I had literally only dubbed one other anime before and was fairly new to the industry. So I just kind of thought like, there's no way lightning is going to strike twice. You know, like there's no way that I'm going to book Attack on Titan and Ghost in the Shell is like a relative newbie to Funimation. Um, so, yeah, I totally get what you're saying. It is, in a way, kind of a reverse confidence, but 
I was still going in there trying to like impress the director, if not book that specific role. Speaking of lightning striking, and thank you for that glorious <laughs> transition. Uh, you also do video games. Yes. And there's a, a kind of a small game out right now that that people could hear you in. Uh, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> Breath of the Wild, the new Legend of Zelda game. Uh, where you've, you've got two roles, actually. Uh, I do, you, yeah. Yeah, you, you're uh, Lady Urbosa and and an, is it Riku? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm Riju. Riju. Sorry, I can't read my own handwriting. Mm-hmm. So but both kind of similar characters. They're both the, the Gerudo people. That is, yes, correct. Uh, see? They just, ex- oh wait, actually, I'm, I keep reminding myself I don't want to say spoilers because ah. the game is so new. So I'm not going to say what I was going to say, but yes, they okay. are both, um, they are both Gerudo. They, they are both Gerudo. And, and, and the Gerudo people, for people that haven't played the Legend of Zelda series, they're very much kind of, the, they, they're like a cross between like an Arabian Nights version of Amazons, I guess would be one way to put it. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, that's a pretty succinct explanation. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, I mean, very, very kind of, not macho is not the right word, but very just, you know, very Kick warm. ass. Thank you. There we go. That works. How fun were those roles? To, to do just because of I mean and in some I mean you, you tended to do those more kind of aggressive characters um, right but I would imagine that that these especially and again I'm assuming you were familiar with the Legend of Zelda series beforehand mm-hmm. yes uh, so so again what was that like to and and correct me if I'm wrong on this but these are both new characters to the series so these are not existing things or could I am I wrong there no, no, you are correct. They are both entirely new characters. Um, and, I mean, the day that I... Because I auditioned for this project and was actually booked on this project before it was revealed that it was Zelda Breath of the Wild. Um, you know, as you can imagine, Nintendo was incredibly paranoid about wanting to, you know, not have anything leak out. And so... They used code names for everything, the title, the names of the characters. Uh, they didn't even use real dialogue from the game for the auditions. It was all written just for the auditions. Um, but the day that I found out that it was Zelda Breath of the Wild is probably one of the most amazing days that I've had thus far in my career. Um, I mean, to me, it's, it's difficult for me to think of much else that can compare to like where that game and this series of games kind of stands in like the pantheon of like the nerd gamers life especially one like I've always been more um more into RPGs than I have you know first person shooters or or racing games um so it was I mean it was just it was incredibly personally fulfilling and such an intense honor. I mean, I, I will, I will go so far as to say it felt bucket list level. I, I just, I would imagine someone that grew up on some of these games and, and looking at some of the other things you've worked on for someone that is relatively new, as you said, have you said before, does it feel strange? It seems like you're getting major roles, not necessarily right out the gate, because, like you said, you've been acting for quite a while. You've been doing this for several years. But it's it, it, there isn't a lot, at least, it seems there's not as many additional voices credits as, as some, some other actors would have. 
That is, yes, that I would say that's very true. Is that intimidating? Like, how do you, how do you feel about that? Is is that is that just like that? That's how it worked out, and whatever. Or is there is there? This could just be my Midwestern shame coming through here in this, but it's like like is <laughs> is, is, is there any is, is how do you feel about that? I mean, I will start by saying that the whole you know Beatles, I get by with a little help from my friends um, thing is absolutely the number one reason that I am where I am today in my career. Um, I am so incredibly lucky that I had some really amazing people believe in me from the very start and really helped me get established in this industry. You know, um, Mike McFarland took a chance on me with Attack on Titan, you know, knowing I had no experience in voiceover and putting me in you know, a pretty large supporting role in that anime was a big risk for him. And he took it. And, you know, Zach Bolton casting me as Motoko, again, was a risk and he was willing to take it for me. And all of these people who have helped me have in turn introduced me to more people who ended up believing in me and taking chances on me. Um, So there is no way that I would be where I am right now except for the generosity of and selflessness of, of others in this industry. Um, that being said, I also think that already having been a working actress previously helped a lot um, because I wasn't starting from scratch. Like, like you mentioned, I've been doing this, albeit in a different form, but I have been doing this for many years. So I, even though it might seem daunting or intimidating, I actually kind of feel like I'm home in a way. Like I feel a, a, a really incredible sense of like, I am doing, I am where I'm supposed to be doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Like I kind of feel like I am like answering the call of my destiny right now, as cheesy as that may sound. You're um, in a Zelda game. Destiny is very important. <laughs> that's really true. Um, so yeah, rather than feeling kind of intimidated or scared by it, I, I actually feel surprisingly really at peace and, and really just really grateful and really thrilled. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I certainly was not, I'm not trying to take anything from you here. On this. <laughs> oh no, no. I totally understand yeah. your question. I mean, it makes perfect sense. No. Um, Really, what I'm what I'm hoping is that you were like super conceited, and and then because that's just a good clip. That's just a good clip in general. But that's fine, right? Good entertainment. Exactly, exactly. Uh, and you are still doing on screen, or are you? I am. Okay, yeah, because your your website, which is about elizabethmaxwell dot com, uh, it's got a very. Uh, it, you know, we talk about this a lot on the show where the voice actor websites seem to be in one or two one of two groups, either like the bare bones. Uh, GeoCities websites or or very well put together sites. Yours is in the second group. On oh, that. thank you. And it's got extensive clips of everything uh, that you've done, both film and commercials and, and all of that stuff too. And so you are still doing on-screen stuff. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, a lot of commercial work here in Austin. Um, a lot of independent film. Um, there is some TV too. I've been auditioning quite a bit of that stuff and gotten very, very, very close to some very 
exciting TV roles, but um, nothing has quite fully landed yet. But well, weren't you, weren't you a, my weren't, fingers? Weren't you like a coma patient on on one show or something like that? I seem to. Oh yeah, when I lived in LA, I did um, an episode of Criminal Minds where okay. I was a guest star on on that particular episode okay. yeah. I, I would imagine that coma acting is very easy well i technically did not have i don't i think it was another character that was in a coma oh, on that episode okay. i was very sick i had anthrax oh and i almost died but i was never actually in a coma this is this is going to be a stupid question but forget it i don't, I don't care do, do you when you when you play a character with anthrax do you research anthrax like is the is there an act is there a method to to anthrax acting? I have actually tried this um, several times because I can't talk about the specifics because it's a project that hasn't been released yet. But oh. I was um I was ill in another on camera project and um I did the same thing with anthrax. I tried to research it. It is surprisingly difficult to find any sort of account of what it is like to be sick with anthrax. <laughs> And I'm sure you're on some um, government list now, too. <laughs> right. I've actually thought before, like, it is a good thing that I live alone, um, because <laughs> if a significant other or uh, a parent were to look at, like, my browser history um, that I do in the name of research for voice acting and screen acting, like, they might be really concerned. Um, but... In this particular case with Criminal Minds, they had a pretty specific idea of how the illness progressed and how it affected my brain. In that episode, I actually, I can't remember the name, like what, what the medical term is, um, but as the anthrax invaded my brain, I actually stopped being able to talk in coherent sentences and was talking in jibber-jabberish, essentially. Like trying to say like, Evan, how are you doing today? And then Instead, saying something like "mean pakafrini mean tea." Uh, that's that's just training for when you get a job on on The Sims. I think. <laughs> right. I, 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 I think you're good there. Let's talk a little bit about your your nerd credentials here. As uh, again on your website, you t you talk a lot about your journey because you say you say you were a nerd. You mentioned on the website that you saved up for a Super Nintendo, and I need to ask about this. It says you play current tense mm -hmm. Dungeons and Dragons. Is that still the case? It is, but I I can't, again, I'm so sorry. I know it makes it difficult interviewing us sometimes because you can't, um, I can't always tell you everything that I want to tell you. I am not playing a current Dungeons and Dragons campaign right now, but I am gearing up for something. And, oh. and, that's all I can, That's all I can say. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, but well, I wasn't planning on making that a plug, but all right. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, stay tuned. Um, you might get to hear a lot more about that than you ever thought you'd want to. All right. <laughs> wow. Well, rather than ask the question I was going to ask, which is tell me about your character. Tell me about your favorite character then. That I've ever put that you, together? That you've, that you've put together in a Dungeons & Dragons, or, or any role-playing. doesn't have to be Dungeons & Dragons. Um, I tend to like playing um, the uh, kind of like rogue-type characters. Um, for some reason, I am a very honest, straightforward person in real life, and I tend to really like playing characters that are not at all like me. 
Um, so I put together um, a, a rogue uh, that I named Risen, and she was just like the most foul-tempered, foul-mouthed, mean character that I've ever played. Um, and I, I just find playing those types of characters to be, I guess, in a way, kind of like a release because I get to act in ways that I would never normally act in my real life. And um, I, I kind of like skewed it so nobody liked me, but they couldn't live without me. <laughs> <laughs> like I was too good at what I did and too smart and they needed me. I know a couple um, of voice actors a... like that actually. So, yeah, <laughs> Right. Uh, so that's probably one of my favorite campaigns that I've ever played. Nice. Do you, was do you was ever, with her. Do you ever GM or are you strictly player? Um, as of now, I'm strictly player, though I am very interested in DMing at some point. Okay. It just tends – I find the DM is um, the most invested of everyone and it requires the most time commitment. And um, with how busy my – my professional schedule is right now it, it's really difficult to imagine taking that on and being able to be like responsible and you know committed to it speaking of busy schedules uh we're, we're slowly getting into convention season now are you gonna get a that is true are you gonna get a chance to get out to any conventions like are, oh, yeah. are, you, are you gonna do the e3 now that you're of uh a video game superstar I have tried to go to E3 like twice and have been thwarted each time. Uh, this last year, I was I had a badge. I was supposed to go to E3, and um, I uh, we had terrible weather here in Austin, and my flight was canceled. Oh man! Um, and and I was I was going to LA for a job, so I only had a small window to go to E3, and I missed it if I was going to keep my commitment to my job. Um, I see. I'm already. I'm know. already gonna. I'm already gonna question your geek credentials because a true geek would never skip E3 even for a job. Ooh, I don't know if you knew what this job was. You <laughs> might say otherwise. <laughs> we have Fair to enough. make hard decisions in this industry, Evan, and uh, this was not a hard decision. This right. was a pretty easy one, actually. Right. But I'm assuming it's one you um, can't talk about. Yes, again, it is, it is something that has not been announced yet. So um, I don't know if I'm going to get to go to E3 this year. Um, I'm definitely going to Dragon Con. Mm. I'm not sure if you're familiar with oh, yes. with that convention. That's That's been on my list for a while, but I don't think I'm allowed in Georgia. So What? Oh, Evan, you should go. It's so fun. It's my favorite convention of all time. I've been to that convention probably about half a dozen times. It's definitely the most of any convention ever that I've been to. It's so fun. Like it's huge. It's like a, it's like Christmas and Halloween and a block party all rolled into one. And I find that it has the highest number of like people that are truly invested and want to be involved in the convention as opposed to kind of like gawkers and hanger honors and um, voyeurs, if that makes sense. Sure. Um, and it's one of the only conventions that I still cosplay at. So do you want to reveal, I, even though there's so little we can talk about for the future, do you want to reveal who you're going to be cosplaying as? I have not decided. Ah. Um, 
Time's running out Dragon here. Dragon Con, comes yeah. pretty quick here. I know, I know. But um, I've been talking with a friend of mine who's a very talented seamstress who about potentially collaborating on um, on a winter schnee uh, cosplay with me. Because I will say this, I am not a true cosplayer in the sense that I do not create my own um, uh, costumes. I do when they are not technically difficult, but I can't sew worth a darn. Uh, so... Um, that's a possibility. A lot of people are pushing for me to do Urbosa, which you're right. If I am going to cosplay as Urbosa, I need to start hitting the gym like five <laughs> days a week right now. <laughs> um, and I might, um, I've always wanted to do, um, I did kind of a, a, a half put together little sister cosplay from Bioshock a couple years ago. And, um, I kind of want to do it right now. Like, uh, get the, you know, get the contacts, um, get somebody to make me like, I don't even know what you call it, but that like syringe gun that they carry around with them. I think that, yeah, I, think, I think it is called like the syringe gun. I, I don't, I don't know if they've ever actually said what it is, but it's, it's a syringe gun. There's nothing. Yeah. I don't know if there's a technical term for it, but I want to get like a really like high quality one of those commissioned. So I'm thinking about doing that as well. But I will tell you that is the one bad thing about being a professional in this industry now is that I feel like I have far less time to be like a casual uh, enjoyer of everything in our industry. Like I have far less time to watch anime purely for fun like as opposed to for research mm -hmm. and I have far less time to actually like sit down and like really play through and beat games as opposed to just only having time to kind of like play it enough to get a sense of the game, but not necessarily play it all the way through. And I tell you what, I am still having trouble getting my hands on a switch. <laughs> <laughs> they don't give you one. What the hell? No, I think that's a little above and beyond, you know, what Nintendo the, can be expected to do. I think you should work that into the contract next time. It's like, you know, you know, take 500 bucks off my rate and just give me a free Switch. Or next time I might just be like, I don't expect you to give it to me, but give me the opportunity to be one of the first people to <laughs> buy like, it. I want to give you money. Let me give you money. Obviously, there's not a ton you can talk about coming up. Uh, we're kind of limited to what has already been announced, and you, you've teased you've teased mightily. I, I give you a lot of credit on that one. Um, <laughs> is there anything coming up that you can talk about? Be it video games, be it anything. Well, let's see. I'm trying to think if there's anything in the realm of games. Um. I don't think there's anything specific I can say except for that I will have a very exciting announcement in the next couple of months uh, in the game realm. Um, Anime-wise, of course, we're never allowed to announce our involvement in a show before Funimation does. But, um, I mean, I assume anybody who's a fan of these shows knows it already, but um, Attack on Titan Season 2 will be starting up pretty pretty soon, which I am so stoked for and um and then you're, you're also doing attack on titan junior high which is like muppet babies for attack on titan yes. is that true yes okay. yes absolutely Very good. uh which i have actually ended up having a lot more fun with than i was even originally anticipating because emir in the you know real series is so stoic and so you know 
no nonsense. It's been kind of fun to like put her in hilarious situations and see how she would react. <laughs> see now, now I'm just now I'm just imagining like the Titans, but all you ever see is like them from the knee down, and they're wearing the stripy socks from Muppet Babies from from Mother or whatever her name was. That would have been a pretty brilliant way to go that about been it. Amazing. <laughs> that would have been amazing. And then also um, for any um, My Hero Academia um, fans out there, the season two for that will be starting up pretty soon too. And my character Midnight was just kind of teased in the end of season one, but she's going to be in a lot more of season two. So I'm pretty stoked about that nice. as well. There is one credit on here on IMDb I feel I need to ask about. Um, and then, and then, and then we'll let you go here. Um, there is, and we all know how accurate IMDb is. So again, take this with a, a grain of salt, but you're in this, you're in this film. I'm, I'm assuming it's a film, uh, that is currently in post-production called Virgin Cheerleaders in Chains. <laughs> yep. And that is accurate. I'm assuming that's some sort of PBS special. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Something educational for the kids. No, it, um, I will say it is not actually as scandalous as it sounds. It is a hor- it is a horror movie, but it's a horror movie about a group of um, jaded, frustrated filmmaker hipsters getting sick of like Hollywood telling them what they can and can't make, and so they decide to make their own horror film. And the movie is about them making a horror movie, and. The film within the film is actually called Virgin Cheerleaders in Chains. And they're kind of purposefully making a very tongue-in-cheek horror movie. So it is not literal. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you've, you've disappointed several people now. I just want to I'm sorry. I'm it, sorry. It's okay. Um, well, if, if, you want, if you want to keep track of – this sounds creepy. I was going to say, if you want to keep track of Elizabeth, that's just weird. If you want to know about what she's doing, that's even creepier too. Go to the website about Elizabeth um, – where, where did it go? Elizabeth Ma- about ElizabethMaxwell.com uh, where she's got an extensive resume of all the different things you can find her in. Uh, she's done all, all sorts of things. It's kind of amazing if you're, if you're interested in the thing – if you're interested in becoming an actor – but you don't have any idea of like what you could possibly do. She's done just about everything. So if you go, if you go to the website, <laughs> if you go to the website, there's clips of everything, which is which is really cool. You're also on Twitter at uh, is it about Elizabeth M? Is that that is correct? Okay. Yeah. Um, about Elizabeth. Um, yeah. M. Twitter and Instagram are my two big kind of public pro, uh, social media sites. Um, and on Instagram, I'm just at Elizabeth Maxwell. All right. Well, Elizabeth, thank you so much for coming on the show. Evan, it was a pleasure to do this with you. You are one of the best interviewers I've ever had. I am so going to edit that out because, again, (laughs) Midwestern shame right here. (laughs) You've been listening to The Voice Behind. If you'd like to support the show, visit our Patreon at patreon.com slash thevoicebehind. Supporters will get access to special outtakes, advance notice of future guests, and a live stream where you'll be able to listen to and ask questions of our guests live. Check out our website at fancypantsgangsters.com for links to the Patreon as well as our other social networks and the show notes for this week's show. Thanks for listening.